0: Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at all marketing school and your marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early-stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confetti in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool dot click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, hot seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon, so make sure that you head to amschool.click certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello, team, and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. It's Fab here, founder and head teacher at Alt Marketing School, and today I am with my calling in some ways, um, and also dear pal um, Mercy Abel. Mercy, if you don't know yet, has worked with organizations to support more inclusive cultures, better insights, or more inclusive marketing and campaigns, and was shortlisted for the IPA I List 2022. Little claps. Mercy is passionate about highlighting positive intersection and representation in media through founded platforms into Our Black Mind and Strong Black Woman, as well as facilitating conversations that provide a knowledge exchange between Gen Z and today's leaders on our podcast Audacity of We, on which you will also find me pretty much at the time of this episode going out. Hello, professional hype woman, that's you to find yourself on your podcast and I will attest how are we doing?
1: I'm doing good, I'm so excited to be on this podcast, especially as we've also recorded on mine, and I love your energy, so I'm just really ready to get into our conversation. To
0: be honest, I'm, like, I'm looking at the ice-breaking question, I'm like, why are we, why are they even here? Why are we even trying? But then it's going to be fun, you know, so I'm like, you know what, it's not going to break the ice, but it's going to get us to talk about very important things, like my first question for you. I'm going to jump straight into it because I'm sure we can then elaborate on it, is <clears throat> what would be a trivia category, Mercy, you'd be really good at and why?
1: That is a really good question. A few things popped to mind. Anything gymnastics related, just because I was a competitive gymnast in my former life and I loved the sport, I competed in the sport and I coached in the sport. But I also love music, specifically I feel like I'd be really good in 2010s music, and like, you know, like Shazam, when you like play Shazam and then they know what the song is, that's me, like I'm a human walking Shazam when it comes to 2010s music and the pop category possibly. So those are my two like fields that I would bat myself for, I would like be, yep, put me up, I'm ready.
0: I'm gonna go storytelling time, are we ready? Because um, it's kind of funny, because I didn't know this at the time, but... A couple of weeks before we recorded, but let's say in September, just for the sake of listening at any point, September 2022. So we both uh, work for a company as a nonprofit. so we volunteer for this company called OK Mentor. And it was the first live summit, so we were both coming down. Mercy dropped me from Scotland, for sure. And we're coming into London, and then nobody thought about music. And I was like, where's the music? And literally at the same time, Mercy wrote, where's the music? And we're like, stop, everyone. There is no music. We need to figure out the playlist. So we spent, what was that, like about 20 minutes on respective trains creating playlists. And when I looked at it, I love the fact that I, sli- I, I was sli- sliding in all of my 80s and 90s and early 2000s kind of references. And you went straight into like filling the gap of the things that usually I wouldn't listen to. And sadly, in case anybody uh, is wondering about the end of the story, it wasn't played, this wonderful playlist. But one day.
1: It's such a good playlist. And I listened to it. I literally listened to it the other day. Like I was like, this playlist bangs. Like it's so good.
0: <laughs> well, if anybody wants a playlist, let us know. Slide into our DMs, we'll remind you where to find us and we can send it to you. It's very much women empowerment, like 3.0. It's got all the good stuff. So again, I'm not surprised basically about your categories and I absolutely love it. So <clears throat> story time over. Thank you very much. Now, this is another interesting question because you actually talk a lot about career, especially in your podcast, Audacity Way, again, recommended. So what is the first job you had, Mercy, and what did you learn from it?
1: Okay, so I'm going to, my career is like under five years. I'm going to start internship and then into like the first proper role. My first like big internship was a digital communications internship with a scientific company called Thermo Fisher Scientific and this was in actually based in Florida like and it was very interesting because science and me don't mix like it's not for me but like it was very interesting to be able to translate stories and what I was there to do was they were actually acquired by Thermo Fisher Scientific so they were in incoming into this new work environment the original company and it was telling stories that existed with the original company and how it now translates into a thermal Fisher scientific atmosphere and and working environment so it was very interesting and I learned that you know there's a lot of transferable like values but that is something that is difficult to communicate at times and it was like trying to understand and like tell these stories in a way that could relate not only to the original company, but also to the future you know, new colleagues that they'll have at Thermo Fisher Scientific. And that was stories across Florida, but they also had a base in Massachusetts. So it was like trying to bring all these stories together in a way that didn't sound extractive, but in a way that sounded like, you know, there is real, genuine connection. And I hope that's what translated through. But that was, you know, distributed through the internal network. And I feel that there was some really great conversations had with the people that were interviewed for it. So that was like my internship. And then in my first ever role, I worked with a consultancy called The Unmistakables and it's to do with equity, diversity and inclusion. And I learned so much there. I progressed through three roles. So I did start as an intern there as well in Insights and then became an associate and then became an inclusion consultant. And I think the biggest thing I learned there is kind of a build on the original internship is that conversations and storytelling takes people so far. And what I did there, a really big thing that I did there was help build this inclusion network of incredible people that we could bring into work that we do with clients and let them know, being like, this is a lived experience that you need to understand whether it comes to conversations about race or disability, sexuality, it was just really important for lived experience to be heard. And then that to be mixed in with some lived expertise and people who know like the tactics of marketing and how to then allow the story to land in the places that it needs to. So just conversations, which is why I love podcasting. So conversations is definitely at the like top learning piece of why it's so important to have that in marketing. I love
0: that. And I think it's also because and I want to hear your opinion on this. When we actually engage in conversation and allow people to have conversations or share their story from a conversational standpoint, I think they also become a bit less self-conscious or we don't edit ourselves as much in a way that I think sometimes can happen when we are sharing our own story because it feels like there's so much for us to potentially having to unload And actually being able to step back and having those conversations and being a great facilitator of conversations, I think is a skill that some people don't realize. And it sounds like you started it from your first internship, learning how to facilitate those conversations, regardless of the topics you were going to talk about.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think something that's important to add on to that is the space that's created to have those conversations and that it needs to be a safe space, because when you're doing storytelling, especially when it's based on your lived experience or your identity, it's like it can be exhausting. It can be something that you just aren't really wanting to do like at a period of time. But if you create that space that is feeling a little bit more safe, that's feeling more comfortable, that doesn't feel extractive, like I mentioned before, I think it allows those stories to come a bit more authentically and a bit more genuine and people are willing to open up as more comfortably as they go on in the conversation. So that's like something that I think facilitators of these conversations need to you know really you know understand and learn and then get into being like okay how do i make this translate as i have more conversations with different identities and more like different communities as well
0: i think it ties into my last icebreaker question actually because obviously we're all about encouraging people to market to hearts not brains which also mercy knows because you were i want to just do a little bit of an aside you were one of our incredible experts one of our graduations. So hopefully you experienced a bit of what our students go through. But I love the fact that everybody has a different way to define what positive impact means to them. And so my question for you, based on your previous work and based on everything else that you do with the storytelling, what does making an impact on your audience or your community or clients mean to you and why? Loaded question. That is a loaded question. Oh, my
1: goodness. Um... What po- I think what positive impact means to me is that I just want people to feel seen like I want them to feel seen I want their stories to feel seen or something they can resonate with to feel seen and that can be an emotion of joy happiness or fear or something that's more challenging as well I think those are important not to shy away from and just I feel like you know when people say it's how you make them feel not what you say or what you do i that's what i feel like storytelling can do it helps people feel seen it helps people feel empowered it helps people feel like they can then you know act on something so that's what that's what positive impact means to me that's how i see it at its peak in my opinion at least at this stage of my career um and then everything else kind of like snowballs after that in terms of like whether it's increase in numbers or you know the more practical things like finance and you know all that kind of stuff that marketers and business people love to hear so I just think it you know as long as that feeling part is is at the top then I do think that everything else will end up you know rolling out from that
0: it's kind of interesting and thank you so much for sharing that that you mentioned feelings because our during week one of the certification, one of the two um, classes we do is the class that I teach that is all about positive impact marketing principles. And one of the biggest shifts that we talk about is not just understanding what makes you stand out from an objective perspective, also known as your unique selling proposition. So what makes you objectively unique? We also look at your emotional selling proposition, which is How do you make your audience feel? What? How do you pay it back to them in a way that they feel they can connect with you? And it's literally what we teach in week one when it comes to this is the basis of what we're going to learn in the next, you know, in the next weeks together for the certification. And I love that you mentioned that because obviously I'm biased. I'm like, this is what I believe we should have as the foundation of positive input marketing. But the fact that you brought it up means I'm not the only one that sees it. I think there's so many times you can reinvent the wheel and create something completely new or a completely new story or a completely new brand or service or persona but when you talk to people in a way that relates to them that makes them feel as you say seen and they feel like you can actually have an impact on them and create a connection that it's something that I don't think gets old when done authentically with the little Uh, what's it called the the quotation marks
1: because I feel like you
0: see like people like I don't know how does Gen Z feel about the word authentic is it good or is it cringy because millennials are a bit 50 50 on it right now
1: Mm. do you know what I mean from my perspective as a Gen Z I feel like authentic I hate when words that have a meaning get taken and destroyed and then thrown out of the lexicon like I hate that to my absolute core because I was like no but this word and its definition actually describes what it's meant to describe but now everyone's like oh my gosh like no that's so surface level and blah 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 and I'm like well that's because society or capitalist society did that to that word and now we have to try find something else so personally i think authentic does its job i think genuine does its job i think any of the words with the definitions that you know do describe what it's meant to describe and how it's meant to translate should be honored because i don't think it's fair that it's just like thrown out of the lexicon obviously if something's problematic let's have a conversation but the reason behind a word being problematic is what gets me like let's look at that first before we make the decision of being like "Mm, I don't like that word because x y and z said this (laughs) like who was x y and z you know who were they I excuse
0: me I think I threw my head in every possible direction because I'm a linguist and I feel so strong about as you say like words Taking out of context, and I will be putting my hand up and saying that through our work you know, in what Mercy does a lot, you obviously support us with a better understanding also of the principles, but also words that we use, and in that respect, that's what I love, and I agree, sometimes you think of a word and you don't know exactly the etymology, which means where it comes from, and it helps you understanding that maybe that word shouldn't be used because of its implications or of its origin, and that's and that I understand, but as you say, I am the same, when I'm like, authentic is not bad, 'Cause if you are authentic it means you are support you, you show up the way that you are supposed to be, the way that you feel you can be, because it's your true self. And that's what I struggle with, because we in different ways. We talk about authenticity a lot on this podcast, but a lot of the time we have yeah. to go through the hoops of not saying the word because then people start eye rolling and I'm like, but it's okay. So thank you. From a linguist, yes. thank you.
1: <laughs> You're so welcome. Honestly, I'm all here for like reclaiming words. That's something that I say about many words and terms and things when you know you have to kind of look at it and be like hold on if we really strip it back to its origin why is it you know viewed in a certain type of way and why are people like shying away from it and cringing it and I think people you know like to overcomplicate things humans are very good at doing that and I just think we need to just strip things back and make them simple and just be like okay if something actually is a helpful word then why don't we use it or why has it got this perception over a word and let's have a conversation around that and once that conversation is had I'm very much like well I'm gonna say it so authenticity I'm all here for I don't know how many Gen Z's will agree with me but I am team authenticity
0: yay awesome and that slides very very well into my little class in session time because it's time. So first of all, I'm gonna check. Uh, did you do you have anything for the teacher? Did you bring anything? An apple, anything you like to to kind of give before we start? Some dark chocolate. As
1: in, oh, <laughs> not dark chocolate. That's not what I'm bringing. <laughs> Absolutely not. But what I'm gonna do my utmost best to bring is energy that matches Fabs because fab's energy is through the roof and i want to just match that for this podcast <laughs>
0: all right well get ready for these three questions to be honest we're, we're gonna we're gonna challenge you because the first thing i'm gonna ask you and i'm not gonna put a timer but we're gonna keep an eye mm-hmm. out on time is mercy what is the one thing you can teach our students and our listeners in one minute or so if you were to teach one thing
1: so as we were talking about feelings and emotions and just the energy and all that kind of stuff, I really do think like being nice, kind and supportive to others actually goes a long way. I personally think it's just something I naturally do, but I I do know that it, the whole thing about being authentic, you know, people are like, are you actually being nice to be nice? And I, when we're talking about connections and relationships, I do think those elements of being nice, kind, and supportive, especially that trio, is important to build connections and relationships People remember how you make them feel and, you know, that leaves a lasting impact. So I feel like we also live in a quite a heavy world and environment right now. And like, there's so many things coming at us, whether it's through social media or the, the media, all of those conversations, all of those narratives negativity coming through can be a lot so if you're able to provide relief or joy or any other positive emotion for someone that day I'm pretty sure that they'll one remember it and also appreciate it to just pull them out of that bit and then they'll remember being like oh so and so said this and it made me feel like this so therefore I will think about so and so for that and that I feel is a really strong link of how connections and relationships are made and sustained as well was that a
0: minute <laughs> yeah yeah Cool <Close> enough <laughs> you'll see some listeners be like yeah it was about there was 45 extra no i'm joking we're we're, we're all very <laughs> kind and, much. <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't have you here if not that's that's literally the, pre- the, the prerequisite now for 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 my guests they gotta be talking Um then I loved it to be honest. And I think it's again it's a great progression from what we were talking about, the importance of connections. And I read it somewhere literally today, funnily enough, that before for marketing especially, one of the biggest currencies was attention, but now is connection. So it really makes you understanding like what marketers or brands are really looking for. And it's hard because sometimes I want to speak from a professional point of view, not just as a personal brand, but maybe even as a company. I think that because of the idea of how we should do as a marketer or just as professional and personal brands is how sometimes to rekindle with our voice as well. And again, maybe go back to be a bit more human, a bit more ourselves, because, you know, we feel when is too much, when should I be a bit more detached? And again, I genuinely can't do it and I struggle. And if I am, if I have to Become that way, then I feel it doesn't work with me. The, the people that I want to work around have to have the energy that matches mine, because otherwise it's really hard for me. Because I will get that, so I totally understand, and I think it's such an important thing that goes a long way in so many ways. And it might go into my next question. There might be something around this, but we'll see. What is something that you unlearned recently, and how did it improve your life or your work, Mercy?
1: Yeah. I really like this question because I think we're really in a phase and we as in human beings are in a phase of like unlearning things and unlearning a lot of, you know, bad habits or things that have been pushed in the past. But one of the things that I have been and continuing to unlearn is relying on validation from others. And yeah, learning to be kind of more shameless of your achievements and your progress and your success. But that's coming from something that's internal to you, not on based on what someone else has said or someone else has validated you for. So I think it's allowed me to kind of reflect on what have I what I've achieved. Um, myself and it can also surprise you it can surprise you especially if you're really like focused on what's next what's next which is very much my energy but it lets you to like reflect when you're doing like more self-reflection and more internal validation versus validation from others um, and I actually had a podcast guest, um, on my podcast who you know, Fab, Jasmine Anuna, and Jazz is incredible. And she also speaks on validation and how, you know, we have been grown up and, you know, led to believe that it really does come from others all the way from, you know, school in terms of grading systems, which is fine. But when that becomes your only source of validation, it starts to feel like you're not the one that is doing the work or like your work is the only thing that's being valued whether rather than yourself so i think like with yourself you need to like start and we you as in myself included need to start taking a step back and being validating of yourself and like that coming from within to be actually acknowledging like oh like I did that and I am proud of that versus oh someone said I did that and they're proud of that so I think that's something that I've been trying to unlearn as much as I can because I do have people pleasing tendencies um so and I think it's very good to acknowledge and admit it because it does come up and it does you know try to fight its way back to the top but I think it's really important to even like write down you know things that you're grateful for things that you're grateful for that you have done and proud of you know whether it's daily whether it's weekly whether it's monthly of just being like yeah I did that and I'm proud of me yeah
0: well it's just um it's generally when I talk to sometimes students as well but also clients is one of the biggest hurdles and I love that you mentioned it because I think Sometimes you know, when asked these questions, different people need to learn different things. But my little, my little clap was because pretty much everyone listening can could learn or could practice ways to step back from external validation and validation that, as you say, has been learned but doesn't necessarily serve us in the way that it should. So clap Now I have another question, final question from class in session, which is, what is the biggest lesson a teacher or a mentor has taught you?
1: I love this question because I love the idea of mentoring. Obviously, I work, you know, alongside Fab um, at OK Mentor, and I'm really passionate about, you know, the idea of mentoring and mentee mentor relationships. And I learned something from an amazing mentor of mine. Um, Her name is Joss Patterson, and this is a practical one because I know everyone likes a a practical, you know, framework or something like that, which is something that I also um, appreciate. And she taught me around something called a spark list. And this is very good to create and make and make it your own as well. When you have like those networking conversations or those mentoring conversations with people, especially one off conversations. And so when having a conversation with someone, you write down what sparks your interest in the conversation, but you also write down what doesn't spark you're in the conversation what doesn't spark your interest and I think those two things are really important because you start writing down things that you really resonate with and you're like wow I love that about their job or their career or that piece of advice but then like acknowledging that you're like okay that doesn't really sit with me that doesn't relate to me and that's not really what I'm about or that's not what I want to see myself doing in my career but like good for you. Like, I'm really glad that you enjoy that. Um, So I think it's important to have those two things. And then it helps you, especially when there's a decision to make, it helps inform a decision. And then also, which I think people are really shy to talk about is like, I think it helps inform whether that is a relevant connection to keep. I think people are very much when it comes to networking being like, I must keep a connection with everyone I come into contact with. And, you know, it's going to be great and we're going to be talking forever. But that takes a lot of your energy and you really want to nurture the relationships that serve both parties. So not only yourself, because that's extractive, but also the other party. They want to keep up with, you know, what you're doing. So those kind of things help you understand the connections you want to keep but also if you need to make a decision of whether you're interested in that career or that industry and you want to go into that field and i think it's also important as well when it comes to networking or mentor relationship relationships that it's very surprising how much people are willing to just say yes and talk to you um so have those conversations but make sure that with the sparkless that the conversation is you know that you make good use of the conversation. And I feel like the spark list allows you to do that because it's just two separate areas, things that spark joy, things that sparked your interest and things that didn't do that things that didn't spark interest. And then also, you know, any advice and any resources that you send you. If you have like those four categories that you just write down alongside the conversation, whether you're in person or online, you know, have a little notebook or have your laptop out. I think it's just really helpful to be like, okay, I, you know, gained all these pieces of, Advice information that will be helpful for me to when I do reach out to them again, or you know when I'm like just need to think about is this connection something I want to keep or not
0: I love the fact that we have Mary condoed, um networking I appreciate that yeah. <laughs> what sparks but it's true and I and i I'm a big fan of anything practical Even if we just talked about mindset pieces quite a lot and as I said these are usually the ones that are underlooked or under and under- explored like then they're you know they're untapped mm. a bit more but again this is also reminded that it's, and I agree is that element of like quantity of connections and networking versus actually the quality of those relationships and also I think he I love the fact that it brings it back to also how we serving them and are we serving them you know are, mm. is that anything that we can bring to the table for them and I think is a very mature thing and sometimes also not thought about just put your hand up and say actually maybe I don't maybe for them this is not really a connection that can bring them anything necessarily and then being able to see that so i i do i do love that and also the name is kind of catchy that always helps
1: yeah <laughs> so. it's so much fun and adding like that like lightning bolt emoji like next to your sparkless that's what i do just you know give it a little bit of a pizzazz or something but yeah i i think it's a really great um tool to use and make it your own as well because you know i evolved it from what i was taught and the categories that set up for myself that made sense to me so definitely evolve it and make it your own
0: love it thank you well we're going to talk about more tools because now we're in quick fire times and this can be a tool like this or it can be an actual tool but what is an underrated tool that is indistens- indispensable not indispensable I don't know what that is uh, for your day-to-day work so whether it's podcast whether it's anything else what is an underrated tool that is indispensable for
1: you so there is a tool for podcasters called Podcastle. I don't know if it's underrated, but like in terms of like editing your podcast and everything like that, it has pretty much everything you need and it's all online, super easy. And like, it's just really good, I personally think for beginners. Um And then I was going to say like, you know, when things are like overhyped and then people don't like them anymore, kind of like what we're talking about words in the lexicon. I'm sorry, but Canva is actually like, queen king whatever title you want to give it like i freaking love canva i think canva is great and people who say it's overhyped need to relax because it does the job it does great things and i currently am team canva and i love it like i don't need to confuse myself with other things if i don't have to i'm gonna second that i'm gonna step in
0: and be team canva as well we shall both together wave the flag um because we actually we use it also with our students for some of our projects, we just use Canva whiteboards or Canva templates, and then they can share it with us when they build the brand bible or when they build the manifesto. They build it; with, You build different things for the certification. And it's the best. You create a template. People can then uh, customize it. And I realized that, I, personally, Google Docs is going kind to of be easy to comment on. But then, let's be honest, people like to make things pretty as well. So I think functional and pretty, Canva is really stepping up on that. I'm with you. I'm with you people haters haters gonna hate we we don't
1: absolutely and who cares
0: there we go now completely like 180 in this thing
1: um what is the last picture you took on your phone mercy you can oh my god it was a screenshot of a holiday that I'm hoping to take and I sent it to my sister like legitimately a minute before like logging on I was like is it weird that I want to like go on this holiday like this weekend (laughs) So you're asking her
0: if she comes with you or you're asking her if you should do it. What, what What's the gist here? What's going to happen?
1: You know, well, maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe like subconsciously I'm like, yeah, come with me. But equally, everyone has been telling me to solo travel. Like I have time off currently. And I just, I as we have maybe learned, I love talking to people. I love being around people and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I don't know if I could fully hack solo traveling but if I was I looked at this place and I said maybe this this could be good and so I just like having like someone to like bounce an idea off of and if she's enticed to join me great but she's also working and she's an NHS doctor so I don't think that's quite possible <laughs> <laughs>
0: a bit last minute touche yeah um, just a bit I, I always a pro like I'm always pro solo traveling and I did it a lot before I got married I still do it sometimes now that I'm married, if I need to go somewhere and I actually do enjoy it. And I think it's kind of nice because I need to have my own space to recoup energies. i like a be like yourself. I love people, but I also need to kind of step back. So I kind of like that because it allows me to explore things at my own time, and my own pace. And if I don't feel like doing something, I generally just don't. Um, it's, diff- it's difficult for some people if you've never done it properly. But I found that I did it in small steps by just going back home by myself to see my family and then kind of doing different things. And then I got a bit more out of my comfort zone. So I think if you haven't done it, I would think it could be interesting because you might find that actually you connect with people even when you're on your own. It depends on the experience.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we'll see. I'm like, I would love to do it because then I could just up and get on a plane and go wherever I want, whenever. But I, I love traveling alone as in the journey from like my home through the airport to the destination i love only having to take care of myself but i think it's like when i get to said destination i'm like who's around like what's going on like what are we doing like i like going to a destination with someone like as in i'll meet someone there but outside of that i'm like oh i'm gonna need to entertain myself like what's going on
0: (laughs) well let us know let us know what happens and if not we will we'll look at proofs and see all the magical things you've done now a few more questions What's your favorite social media platform and why? I'm curious about this one.
1: Okay, so I'm going to add... Okay, so I, I still love Instagram. Like, I really do. I know some people are like, oh my God, Instagram's like so overrated, whatever. But I actually do still like Instagram because I feel like there's still like a sweet spot where you're still catching up with people and you're still, you know, getting to see milestones or like really like great things that they're doing and like birthdays and just celebratory things. And maybe it's like, The people I follow, like I'm very intentional of who I follow. So therefore, I do like Instagram because I'm a very visual person. I don't like reading as much. So Twitter is just like a whole load of words. And it's like fun, but Instagram it's just visually like pleasing. There's video, there's images, and it's really, really great. But then again, TikTok is just pure comedic value. And that's what I love about that platform. So Instagram, probably. And then TikTok is like close behind.
0: I'll take him. I mean, I I love visuals as well. And I I got into Facebook late. And then I also, it's kind of one of the things I had a very short relationship with it because it became almost too much because you could not, it was hard for me to kind of find that sweet spot. Whereas with Instagram, I can kind of share some of the personal bits, but a lot of the professional milestones. And again, as you say, it has literally become like a lighter and a bit more curated, not just in the way of what you share, but also the people that you kind of like engage with version of facebook and i think that's it whereas sometimes with tiktok and some of the other platforms i think the audience is not necessarily as much as your friends as it could be people that follow you or professional networks so it's a bit more detached so i understand i think it always depends on what you want to do with it and it always depends on how you're using it so i totally understand and i am the same i still check in on people that i know that i really am close to on instagram like facebook it doesn't even exist in my realm of, of apps or anywhere else But on Instagram, I still go and check on people. So for piggyback on the question, who should we follow then on the platform? If there was one person that we should start following on Instagram, who would you recommend us go and check out?
1: That is such a good question. Okay. Um, I think someone in terms of like the realms of marketing and like entrepreneurship and business, like Grace Beverly, I think is really great and like towing the line of I'm a career gal, but also like I live my life. Um, I think it's really great and also has a podcast that has, you know, relaunched and back into the scene and has some really great guests on there. So I would say that would be a really great follow in terms of the audience that this podcast will have. And I think like, I love there is okay, there's this page called embracing black culture on Instagram that has me like, literally on the floor laughing. Like, it's so funny. And if you're just looking for content, especially relating to black culture and things like that, that page is just money making about hilarious vibes just funny things like the takes on there are so so funny um so yeah if you're looking for something to tap into when it comes to like black culture that page is immaculate
0: i love it two taylor recommendations both excellent so thank you so much i've actually following both so excellent um now final question before we ask you a bit more about where I can you find out more about the podcast and everything else <clears throat> If you could broadcast one message onto everybody's phone, mercy, what would you choose? I know, I know. She's already panicking.
1: <laughs> wow. Um this is a big question. Anna <laughs> Okay, so Okay, so I would say in terms of what we're talking about with storytelling and everything, and particularly for myself and, you know, people in the realm of wanting to tell more inclusive stories and more nuanced stories, I think rewrite the narrative is what I would broadcast. And the reason I say that is because I just feel like what we're, once again, I love circling back to things, but what we're talking about with words that are taken and destroyed and then like, You know, thrown out of a lexicon. Same thing happens with stories, you know, like a story might come in, it's told poorly, and then people don't want to touch it anymore. Um, Or, In terms of like rewriting the narrative why can't we have a different lens on different stories and you know there's things like the little mermaid the live action that's coming out and it having a black female lead like that is you know causing a bit of a ruckus on social media and all forms of media but i think it's really important that we have conversations about why rewriting narratives are so important and why putting things through positive lenses Um, where they didn't exist before is necessary and it's not in terms of tearing anyone down but it's uplifting many others that haven't had that opportunity before and why can't that happen it doesn't you know bring something down it doesn't negate something it is just a matter of bringing something else up as well you know it's an add-on rather than a takeaway
0: I love that that is great that's perfect and I'm not gonna I'm not going to get clapped on back because I know the clap of them was a bit intense, but I absolutely love them. Thank you so much. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for being sub- subjected to all of my questions and to all of my little tangents. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You definitely matched my energy, if not brought it up another notch, which we love. So again, thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you for being such a wholesome human being.
1: Oh, thank you. That's so kind.
0: If people want to find out more about you, where shall we lead them to close off?
1: So you can find um, me on Instagram, on LinkedIn, social platforms, usually at mercy underscore able so m-e-r-c-y underscore a-b-e-l and on linkedin I'm also just mercy Abel, so I'm on there and in terms of my podcast that is audacity on linkedin and at audacity on social platforms as well
0: thank you so much for listening head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about topics that we covered in this week's class if you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at School. Until next time.